Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 28th of August 2012. For newcomers, as always, I suggest that you go into the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com and make good use of it because there's lots of uh, audios for download, free download, where I try and really patch together the system you're born into. It's a complete system, really. Uh, it's been run expertly by a scientific means, you might say, by for over a 100 years. And the study of humanity is the oldest science in the world, remember, for thousands of years old, for those who want to rule over the rest. And uh, the knowledge is never lost. It's always passed down from one generation to the next. And we're going through a big change because the big rulers have decided a long time ago to bring in the perfect society to suit them better using scientific methods and keeping us all happy in the process with entertainment and so on as they change the world into the desired utopia for themselves as they also kill the rest of us off that are pretty well obsolete. And that's how they refer to the people at the bottom and post-industrial economies, pretty well obsolete. And that's where we are today. So help yourself to the website, find the big organizations, the foundations that are that really comprise the parallel government. In fact, these big foundations, trillions and trillions of dollars they spend every year on uh, non-governmental organizations and lobbying governments, and they put their own boys into power. And even their own historians, the Council on Foreign Relations, admit that they always put members in for presidents and prime ministers across the world. So remember, too, that you are the audience that bring me to you. You can help me keep going by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And uh, from the U.S. to Canada, you can purchase using personal check. And you can use an international postal money order from the post office, or you can send cash, or use PayPal across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal once again. And remember, straight donations are awfully, awfully welcome in these dire times of so-called austerity and inflation, or as I like to call it, quantitative easing. They call it quantitative easing. Sounds better, doesn't it? So we are run by science, science of the mind, and psychology, behaviorism, and... Um, and they have anthropologists even on board with it too because we're multicultural and they've got to go for the psyche of each group of individuals out there in society. And we're, we're run by masters, you might say masters in the arts of understanding the psyche. If you read the, the articles by Sunstein and others, even the books they put out, they talk about nudging you and prompting you into coming to the desired conclusions, the ones that the, your masters want you to have. It's done all the time. And it's a it's almost effortless now by television. Very, very, very suave, sophisticated television uh, can warp your mind and change all of your opinions over, you know, over the course of one hour. 
one hour documentary. And if you look at the end of the documentary, you'll see all these professional names and all the departments involved in that one hour, even with a live audience, and they can change their opinions on anything that they want to do. Donahue was the guy who really uh, engineered that, or the guys behind him, Phil Donahue, and then it went into Oprah and other ones too. But it's done every day on television until values that you once had are tossed out the window in one hour. It's so slick. So, so incredibly slick and scientific, and most of the public are completely, completely unaware of it, how it's done. So, we're living through a designed system, you're living through a script, you might say, where all the big things that happen in the world to do with wars, ongoing wars, what's after this war, what's the next one, what's one third from now, uh, it's all planned way ahead in advance. And they even came out with that during the Vietnam era when the CIA talked about all the wars they'd already planned after this one was finished. They had dozens lined up across the world. Now there's some music coming in, so I'll be back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix, talking about the big system we're born into, and it truly is a scientific system, as, well, many of the big boys who helped plan the system talked about in their own books, which they love to publish to the general public, although the general public generally didn't read them. But you find Lord Bertrand Russell put out lots of this information, and he was involved his whole life in bringing uh, the whole 20th century into the 21st century, of uh, even the cultural changes he was involved in too. And he worked with all the big schools, Frankfurt School and various other ones too, that were given permission by presidents and prime ministers to bring in the new cultures and design them for us all to follow. And we do, because most folk don't. Most folk, you see, are born into a system where their parents don't understand uh, the reality of anything pretty well. Your whole, your whole reality is given to you and from birth because your parents pass on what they believe to you. And then school t- takes over and uh, you're, you're indoctrinated through the schooling system to simply believe and accept and parrot what you're told and then you get good passing grades and examinations. And if you do that, you're allowed to get into the system, and that's your quality approval stamp, your little diploma at the end of it, and that's your quality approval stamp to make sure that you're dumb enough to work in their system for them. That's how it really works, you see. And then you run through life going after all the things that are put out in front of you like carrots there. And when you're young and healthy, you can really put out a lot of, a lot of energy and a lot of work too, trying to get all those things, uh, which don't last very long anyway because everything's pretty well junk that you buy is built in not just obsolescence, but it's guaranteed to bust and break down. But that doesn't matter. Most folk never really learn that. Other ones learn by the time they're ready to retire when everything's falling apart that they ever bought including their homes, you know. So you can't win in this system. It truly is a designed, organized system. It's, it's like houses, for instance. And you take houses that are in Europe that have been standing for hundreds and hundreds of years. And they have uh, either slate or terracotta tiles on them, on the roof, and they don't and lead in water, and they don't need repairing. It never happens unless something fell on them. 
But in, but in America, for instance, the temporary society, and that's how it really is with all these wires strung above your heads, all on the roadsides and into your housing areas, everything looks so temporary and, and thrown up quickly. And, by, and it's stick housing, most of it. It's stick homes. Remember the little piggies with their different kinds of homes? Well, yeah, they, they settled with the bricks at the end. It's only one that couldn't be blown down by the wolf. So we're, we're given stick homes. Regardless of the facades that they put on them, and even plastic uh, uh, siding, for instance, to pretend that it's wooden, you know, one's, it's less than a sixteenth of an inch thick. And you put that on too, and your taxes go up because you've improved the quality of your home. I mean, all this nonsense, you know, and we fall for it all because that's what we're given. And it never dawns on anybody either that the big, the big uh, industries which lobby government, all of the industries do, uh, really want all this, this kind of rubbishy stuff put into the, the modern home building because it's big bucks for them. And they can actually use their waste products, like use plastic goes into the side ring. That's all from the oil industry byproducts. And the same with your tiles on your roof that don't last very long in a hot, a few hot summers and they start curling up. But as I say in Europe, you've got slates on the roof there that have been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. But most folk don't never figure it out, as I say. And they simply uh, dispose of their stuff in massive garbage dumps when it all busts apart. Then they go and buy new ones, which is okay as long as the money keeps coming in and, and, and times of good purchasing power on the dollar or whatever currency you're using. Uh, but you all find out at the end, of course, that you still can't literally make it. It's designed that way. Even the ones that put their money into their homes, all it takes is for the realistic uh, con artists, the, the, you know, the middlemen, to uh, bump up artificially the prices and, and make a killing and then collapse the housing market and you can't get rid of the darn thing and, and you put all your investments into it. So, and people take this all for granted. That's the astonishing thing because you've been trained from birth, like Bertrand Russell says, to believe in experts. And they, they keep bringing experts out that seem very somber and they're well-educated and they're always given lots of credentials and they tell you why things are happening the way that they are and you just accept it. Never dawns on anybody, well, if, if this system is so obviously crazy and corrupt, why not change it? It doesn't dawn on people at all to change it. In fact, they wait to be told by someone very important that they've got to change it. And then they listen, you see. Because we're trained that, that um, you don't listen to people in, who dressed in rags, for instance. It's going to be someone who's, who's got up there uh, and made millions or maybe billions of dollars, and then you respect them. You're taught to respect the very crooks that run the system. The guys who design, who, who decide to put, you know, basically wood chips, waste products, the glue together and sell you boards to make your house. Stuff like, these are the guys you listen to, the very crooks that run the system. And most folk never figure it out their whole lives long. I was always amazed when I came to North America and looked at uh, all the all the tools that were on display for for home handymen. You never had home handymen in Britain because most folk at that time didn't own their homes. It was all council homes, 
technically your grandparents and, and, and parents and yourselves had paid off the homes long ago and, and they kept, the, the councils kept renting them out, you see. So they're paid off many times over. But so you didn't have repairs going on all the time either. They lasted for years. I mean, the bricks, slate roofs and all the rest of it, it didn't fall apart. And then you come to North America and you've got this massive business in, in repairing all the time. Massive business. Right down to selling you all the tools you need to, to, to cut up their chipboard and the glued together chips and stuff, all the waste products. And, uh, and so on. And young guys go for it. They think, wow, because we're, we're designed to go for tools. That's how men used to be. I don't know if they still are or not, but that's how they used to be. And, and they collect all this stuff. And, and, but very few of them actually ever, ever figure out why can't you get real anything anymore? Even real wood, for instance. I mean, there's a lot of real wood going in the pulp industry for paper. There's no problem to use, use, get real wood. But they say, no, you've got to use chips that we glue together. And use the glue from the petrochemical industry as well. And it all falls apart in the sun, of course. And then you repair it all over again. But this is the world that you live in. It's deceptive. It's meant to be deceptive. And, and it's been run by a feudal system for a long, long, long time. I don't think really this, there ever really was a democracy except in name only. And that kind of put the people to sleep rather than having revolutions every, every four or five years to give you elections and then you fall for that because you live in hope. And big boys themselves say that you have a, an optimism part in the brain. Yeah. And they've been working on this optimism part for a long, long time to find ways to really trigger it or, or make it hyperactive. Because if they make it hyperactive, then you'll all be happy regardless of the circumstances in which you live, you see. You understand, we're farmed to an extent. And that's what Charles Fort said a long time ago, that uh, we're farmed. It's a conclusion he came to. And that's true when you really look at history. People are farmed all down through the ages. And farmers uh, live very well off the animals they own. Uh, and that's the whole key of the system we live in. Those at the top live very well on the, the production and the output and the taxes of those down below. Even Karl Marx, even though he, he was trained by the best bankers in the world, I mean, he knew this, that all real wealth comes from labor, obviously. But the boys at the top don't want to do any labor. In fact, it's anathema to them. So they get all you lot to do it for them and build them big fancy houses made of bricks and stone and things, you know, that, that last an awful long time. And you build their private jets for them. And from the wages that you get, you're taxed. A lot of it goes taxed back into the government. And the government is there to make sure that the system of the big boys stays in place. That's the job of the government, you see. But very few folks, as I say, ever figure it out at all. And they keep going on their whole lives long, taking, riding the bumps, the kind of the bumps of life and the crests of the waves and then the downs again that you go into and hoping that things will just get better because they have that optimism part in the brain that's always been triggered by happy faces on television. You see? Lots of happy faces. It doesn't matter what they're selling to you. There's happy faces there. All over the place. You'll never see them selling an ad with a, a despondent-looking face. It doesn't happen. I mean, nobody's going to buy it. You can sell anything with a happy face. Anything at all. And, and they've proven it many times over. And humans are a fickle bunch, you know. Very fickle. Sometimes if something's awfully cheap, you won't buy it. 
And yet the big marketers understood this because they were asked to investigate this problem and they found out that if you jack up the price on something, then they'll buy it. It must be good now, you see. That's how silly we are. But all of this is so well understood by the marketers. Now, marketing is also, they have special sections that work with governments. These are the, the creme de la creme of all marketers who understand uh, sociology and, the, and behaviorism and they understand psycholinguistics and neurolinguistics and how our minds really, really work and all the unconscious desires, as Bernays said, that, that they can use against us. You know, so they give us substitutes for uh, unconscious desires. Also substitutes that fall apart and you pay lots of money for. Or you pay it up and then it falls apart like a car or something like that. You know. So you can't win in this system because you're too well understood. And each time they say things go really bad, they give you an election and you vote some other big face in. Who's got to be important and wealthy? There was a book I've mentioned quite many times in the past, and it was about straight and crooked thinking. And I had examples in it in Hyde Park in, in London, which is a place where you can go around and these guys literally stand on soapboxes. That's what they call it, the soapbox, your pedestal. And you get up there and you, you're in your podium and, and you prattle to the crowds that all gather. And there's all kind of strange guys there that talk of all weird things. And folk have a good laugh. Sometimes they throw vegetables at them. But sometimes they'll talk about a lot of sense as well. But if he's not dressed in a, a suit in, in, in some big fancy hall, you know, people won't take him seriously. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix talking about reality that most folk take for granted because they think they're in it. And that's reinforced every day by the media and the news and, and, and uh, even the articles they read and even novels. Everything is there to, to bolster up this reality that you, you think really is the only reality that there is. And we, we don't know what reality is at this level, the bottom level, except what they give you. And getting back to straight and crooked thinking, I was talking about that and how people will scorn someone and have a good laugh at someone who talks about some uh, off-the-wall topic on a soapbox in some park, like Hyde Park. And um, uh, and yet you put the same person, the same it's been tried actually, <laughs> but the same person, if you dress them up uh, and with suit and tie, the whole bits, and then you bombard the media, uh, with by the media means uh, to the public, uh, article after article and this genius is going to appear so and so giving a talk about whatever and, and you'll be packed audience, set a sell out audience and, um, and, and it's the same character. Cause you, that's how you're trained to see people, you see. I, I used to know a pastor down south where I, where I used to live and, um, I said, you know, if Jesus came, came back, he wouldn't get into the churches cause he doesn't wear a suit and tie, you know. And, and and I was quite being truthful. That's how it is. And folk never think about that. They say you've got to be dressed respectably. Now, how is it? And, and who said? Think about it. Who said that a suit and tie is respectable? Think about that. Why why do you have all the top people wearing suits and ties? And then it's reinforcing your mind that somehow that is respectable. That's the respectable way to go. Because you're taught to. It's put into you uh, without you even reasoning it through. 
Because all the biggest crooks in the world wear suits and ties. It's a uniform, you see. And it did come from somewhere. The whole idea of it, even the tie. What is a tie? I mean, it's a, it's a cord, it's a, a noose. That's what it really is, it's a noose. And that came from Freemasonry. You see, that's your, that's your toe line, as they call it. And figuratively speaking, if you had a long one, of course, toe lines, and maybe some macho guys do, but they can actually put you around in a circle. That's your, that's your level of influence, you see. And don't go beyond that until you're ready for it, etc., etc. So you wear this tie with a knot on it, you see, in front of the Adam's apple. You see, very important place to be. But that's the respectable system, you see. And, and that's why you, you, you listen to guys who wear suits and ties. That's why salesmen must wear suits and ties to give them a respectability, even though they're just little con men trying to get you to buy something that you maybe didn't even think about before. And as I say, the biggest crooks in the world don't wear uniforms, general uniforms, as military uniforms. They wear this so-called uh, civilian uniform and of the suit and the, the tie. You know, that's how it's done. But that's how we're trained to look at people. They've got to be successful. If they're not successful, you won't listen to them. Now, to be successful in this world, you've got to be born into the right families. That, that's, a, that's a big starter. And to be successful, you've got to be a psychopath in this system because there's a lot of competition on the way up, you see. And you've got to be ruthless to get up there. And that means all kinds of nasty things that you do. To get up there, you need to place everybody in the way by by all foul kinds of means. There's no fair means to do it, uh, and including you know, shop gossip and stuff like that. Anything to get them out the way, you'll do it, and you get up there. And then you join the right clubs. There's some clubs that you've just got to join, or or you won't go any further because technically you get to a certain point and you can't get through that last door. They're always talking about doors in, in higher masonry. You know, you can't get access to it. And because, see that when the door opens, the hand comes out like the Grand Master and lifts you up out the land of the dead. You see? And you see, you, you're not lifting yourself up, they're lifting you up into their system. And you must serve their system awfully well. And you will be well rewarded for doing so. That's how it really, really works in this system that we're born into. But at school, everyone's, as I say, is trained to get a little gold star for parting the right stuff and for attending good attendance and, and being awfully sociable and awfully nice and agreeable to everybody. And then you, you're allowed into their system, into their system, and they, they get the quality approval stamp. That's a little seal on the little diploma. That's your quality approval. And as I say, that means you're dumb enough to, to work for them. You've been, you've been passed as a quality control mechanism. And you'll generally want, you'll never figure out what's going on. And any crisis that they throw at you, that there's lots of sharks out there making lots of money off every crisis. Think about it. Happens all the time. All the what ifs. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like having a massive pharmacy store just designed for, for, for people who, who have problems about thinking about disease all the time. You know, hypochondriacs. People live and make millions of dollars off of crisis, real or feigned, because they'll try, a hypochondriac will save up pills of all kinds just in case they get something, that particular thing. That's how the world works. That's what insurance companies do too. They all work on the same principle. It's fear, fear-based, you see. 
And a fast-talking salesman will do you in and you won't even know it. Because you, you get lost. You're just hypnotized. You follow the fast-talking salesman. They're all very fast-talking. But they always give you a solution at the end of it and it's buy this. Very simple. Buy this. And you go, oh, thank God for you. Thank God. Yep. That's the world that we live in. It's very, very, very simple. Same thing with martial law. Martial law in all of its guises, you see. It's hap- it happens to protect the very system that dominates over you and oppresses you and profits off you because you're owned, you're farmed, like Charles Fort said. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're back cutting through the matrix. And it truly is a matrix, isn't it? Because folk go through their whole, even the ones who are waking up, they, they have got all these, these, it's like minefields you have to go through to get to the other side and, and, and find the rest of the truth. And you've got all these diversions all over the place. And you should really expect it because after all the big boys plan for everything, including people waking up. And they put all these obstacles there to waylay you or bring you around in circles forever. Uh, so that anything but find out what the truth is. Because if you find out the truth, then you can convey it to others, and that can be an awful problem for the big boys and, and for the person conveying the truth too, mind you. But um, everything runs on this thing called money. And and rather go into all the so-called science of money. We can make science of money. You know, everything can add and subtract, can't we? But the fact is, is chronology, and Rothschild said it himself, he said that it's run basically uh, as it's a con game and making money out of nothing and all the rest of it. And money itself is printed as just debt money is put in there. I used to say, you know, that if you took it to the bank, it would say that you'd get the, the, you could exchange it for specie, which meant the silver or gold of the realm. In Britain, it was silver. And you don't have, even have that anymore. You just got believing or trust in God, and that's good enough for most folks. All the money ends up going to money heaven when they crash it. It just disappears. But it doesn't stop people, th- you know, and they don't think about it, except they must get more of it because they're all in a panic, you see. Always in a panic to get more money. And it's like having a house. But when you think that the value is going up and up, they crash it, and then you can't even unload the darn thing. The same with money. If you save up all your life, it's getting devalued all the time. All the time. Same with your pensions too. I mean, as soon as that goes into the bank and the pension schemes that they've got, uh, it's getting invested multiple times over every single day. And, and they literally do overnight in some countries to, to countries that are ahead of you and time-wise. And it'll jump from Australia to Japan to China, wherever else it's gone. And, um, and, and uh, by the time it's finished, after all those years that you put in your pension money in, you get this little pittance at the end. And even then they claim it's too much. You should be dead. You shouldn't live this long. That's what they're saying now. Take the euthanasia pill. Don't retire. We want all your pension money. Because you, we can't afford to keep you going, your baby boomers. They've made billions and billions off of you, but you don't figure that out. Because some of that money that they, t- they, they do uh, is used... To, to third world countries, you see, that, that are, that, that, that charge 150% or even 180% interest on some of them. 
that's why they have the, the different companies that come out and say they're downgrading a country here or there. That's why the big bankers run the whole system, including the companies that come out to downgrade countries, you see. So that so you can put all your money and get it back multiple times over investing your pension money in, in that third world country that keeps failing, you see. It's all a big con game, and folk can't figure it out. And Rothschild said it was a con game, but he said that the folks who figure it out generally are working, generally are working in the system of money themselves. And they aren't going to blow the whistle because they're making a good living off it themselves, you see. And getting back to Marx, he talked about labor. Well, it's true enough, from ancient times to the present, they used to have basically armies, which were just thugs at the time, without, before money came along. Big families, you see would smash other families and take over their lands and, and the peasants, and they get little armies together, and they go off and invade other neighbors. Uh, and, and when they get some slaves, that's how agriculture came into being. You needed slaves to do it. It didn't start off by people doing it themselves. It's slaves that they used. And because it's very intensive, you need lots of slaves, and it's hard work. And, um, and then you need slave masters. Uh, and then you find ways of keeping the slave markers working for you, Rather than go off and work for somebody else, so you got to throw things in. That's why all all armies uh, always have massive, you know, brothels all over the place. Things like that, lots of booze, brothels, and party time for people in the, who wear uniforms and work for the boss. You see. And then they came along with money. I mean, that was the key to it. Money was the key, a substitute. You see. And you could hire armies then, because everybody. Once you're taught one generation that you got to have money to live then you'll keep working for money, like it's the most natural thing in the world. And money always varies, and you never question why it keeps varying and what it can, put, what it can buy, because people you'll never meet decide how much it's worth that day, you know. And you think this is all normal, and you accept it as being normal. Yeah. It's incredible, isn't it? You accept it all as being all quite normal. But as I say, at the end of all, you lose it all, because when they give your little pension back, it's worth damned all. That's what you get, anyway. They've made millions off it. You're working, you put 40 years in. <laughs> and they've been investing it over and over and over to whoever has got the, the downgrading by Moody's or whoever and made millions and millions, many times over. But they give you this little pittance and say, oh, you know, you're expensive to keep. You're very expensive. And old folk, these baby boomers, you just can't afford it anymore. And you believe all this hogwash. Yep, you do. And no one will ever say, we've got to fix the system. Never, never do it. And that's why East India crashed the economy. And the bankers always crashed at least twice a century. At least twice a century. That's the history of them. You see? And then you bail them out. And they themselves lose nothing, by the way. They don't start selling off their homes and stuff and, and getting extra jobs, do they? But they never fix the loopholes. That caused it all to happen in the first place because it's meant to happen because it's their system, you see. <laughs> you're, you're living in their system. That's what it is. And it's all from taxes, you see. Everything's taxed. It doesn't matter how bad things get. Oh, then you get inflation. Oh my God, and prices go up as well. And with the prices going up too, when you've got value added taxes like governments and, and the British Commonwealth countries, then, then that goes up with the, the higher prices. They, they love higher prices because the, the, the value added tax is a percentage. It keeps going up with the price. Wonderful system, eh? 
And they're always building missiles and things. They're also giving a lot of your tax money away, supposedly, to other countries across the world. And the whole idea, when they gave you this term democracies, well, I see you're paying into your system through taxes, and you get it back in services. But, but now it's going to cross the world to third world countries, but not really to them. It's going to big corporations, which the bankers own in third world countries, because they put them all over the planet, you see. And you think this is all normal. Because all your pals around you will agree with you. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a system. Because you've all been trained the same way, you see. Russell said at one time, he said, um, one of the guys, one of the many guys who helped give you this present culture, he's long dead, but they designed it right into the year 2050, by the way, including all the cultural changes and the stepping stones of, of the changes they'd bring in right up to that date. But they, they actually said that, that it, um, it's just that we got, got a bunch of children together and separated them from the rest and told them that snow was actually black and you called it black and, and they would call it black. And then when they met people who, who said, well, no, snow is white, they'd argue and, and fight. Because you can train people to believe anything. So all you have to do is, there's a one generation you have to con, you see, and indoctrinate. After that, they will indoctrinate their own children. Because that's the reality, you see. That's how simply it works. I mean, here's an article here. It talks about the UK government. You know, they're, they're building uh, uh, lots of drones all over the place, and they've got this massive police state on the go, lots of cameras for the big businesses. Even in the 80s, you know, the early 80s, the newspapers in Britain said that eventually, if they go to this global society, eventually, down the road, after they've conquered everything, they'd run out of countries to conquer, and there'd be no more wars. So all the big military-industrial complex guys were, were moving into security, internal security. And sure, let me see how far ahead they work it all out, you see. But to you, it hits you as, as an, an instant thing. Oh, 9-11 happened. Oh, my God, so, suddenly you've got to get secured. No, no, way back then they planned it all, you see. Cameras everywhere, and, and then the computer comes in and takes over, and, and, and everything's computerized, and they're spying on everybody. And, oh, it's, how, it's wonderful for the guys who own you. And you are owned. So the UK gay government borrows £600 million in July just for a month. They have to borrow it. They've got millions and millions. The country's sinking with people because of mass immigration. They're all getting taxed. But the government's borrowing £600 million in July because tax receipts dip, it says. Right? Now you see those articles all the time. You say, what? A country with all that power across the world, all that tax money, that's already thrown billions, they can throw billions into the, the black hole of this strange abstract EU that's supposedly sinking unless you get more money. But, but, but they have to go and borrow money and get 600 million pounds to get them through July because the government needs the cash. It's, it doesn't have enough cash, you see. And you vote these Pricks in. Huh? You vote them in, but they can't count? No, 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 they can count, all right. This is the con. Bankers, international moneylenders, who've been at this for thousands of years, by the way, understand the human psyche. And there's not a thing they don't understand about the con of money. There's lots of levels of conology here. It's a whole science in itself. That is the science of money, conology. And you've got the biggest boys, even the Rothschilds, banking on the EU sinking. 
and collapsing. So they make money on everything, these bankers, don't they? So anyway, the UK government unexpectedly, unexpectedly had to borrow money in July, which is normally a good month for tax receipts, it says. So they borrowed to cover the gap between spending and revenue, and, and the gap was £600 million in July. Right? And it says, um, and you always got an office of national statistics. Remember George Orwell's 1984? You have the woman's voice over the, the movie sort of version of it. Always talking about statistics, statistics. See, you're trained by experts, and you believe it all too, whatever they tell you is true. Do you know that chocolate rations are, are going up? You, know? you believe it all. So there's a surplus of 2.8 billion in the same month a year earlier. Wow. 2.8 billion a surplus, eh? But they got rid of that quick, didn't they? The Treasury blamed disappointing corporation tax receipts. And this is one of these news items that goes through your head. Like I said, Jack's all talk about looking for, for, for news. People who, who want to get reality by following the news are getting lost. It never happens to them because this kind of article goes through your head and it's gone again. You delete it so you don't have room for all the rest of the rubbish they're going to give you. You see? But here it is. So Labour said government's efforts to try to cut the deficit had choked off the recovery. This is the Labour government objecting. This is the Labour government that caused it all in the first place, the welfare states, and bring all immigrants in, and, and let's redistribute the wealth across the world. You know, the Marxian concept that was also dreamed up by the same bankers. Analysts suggest the government could end up borrowing £30 billion more pounds than last year. Whoa. When officials' forecasts had suggested borrowing would fall this year. They've got an office of budget responsibility. You know, they've never balanced the books since the, since the Rothschilds came in and took over the Bank of England. They've never balanced the books. When they say that, 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 that they've managed to, to balance the book, they're talking about paying off the interest and the loans, trying to meet the interest payments. They've never tried, never tried, and in fact it's impossible to pay off the actual sum itself, the outstanding loan. That's why the bankers run you and, and, and they own you all. It's meant to be that way, you see. That's the system the bankers brought in. They've been at it, as I say, for thousands of years. The beginning of so-called civilization is when you got a class of people that had lots of free time to spend. They were the, the leisure class. Education came with it too. The word school comes from schola, from Greek. It meant leisure. You see? And, and that came in with money, the money system. So civilization, when you talk about civilization and the progress of civilization, they're talking about their money system. The cons are a buddy. That brings the biggest wars of all because you can get whole nations working towards building all things that blow people to pieces and stuff like that. And you think this is all normal. But it's never going to change, you see, because this has been this way for a long time. A long, long time. So that article, as I say, is about £600 million, like a hiccup. Oh, yawn, yawn, yawn. What happens when you can't balance your books? What does the government do to you? Your house is gone. You're on the street. You might get locked up. Not because you didn't pay the bank and the mortgage and... Because you couldn't afford the taxes. And what do you lot do for, to, for, for, to a government that does this sort of thing? You vote them back in again. 
See, everyone running for politics has sworn allegiance to the big club that runs the world. They don't get into politics to change it. That's the con they give you, mind you, because they play a dialectic. They always give you left wing, right wing. But they both are the same system. They work together. Otherwise, there'd be revolutions every four or five years. Now, mind you, too, as I say, reality's always been fudged for you. And it's, it's so slick the way it's put over all the time. I mean, there's an article I got in just before the, this broadcast started. It's about sexifying the police state. I'll put it up tonight for you, how, how sexy the police state is. And they get professional photographers to go into these New York uh, police stations and so on. And you'll see the scantily clad women who are supposed to be cops. They're all models, obviously, because the real women, that, that, you know, the, the ones who wear guns and that have got big hips. You know, have you ever noticed that, like, kind of shaped like pears, you know? But anyway, they're sexifying the police state. And that'll become normal, too. And people will believe the sexified model than their, their eyes. They won't believe their eyes anymore. We're good at that, you know. Brzezinski said it, he said, eventually the public will be unable to do their own reasoning. They'll expect the media to do their reasoning for them. And so when they see chem sprays in the, in the skies, all these trails all over the place for the last, since 1998, they won't believe it unless the media comes out and says something. They won't even mention it to each other. It can't be important or, or, or so-and-so would have said it on television. That's how well-trained we all are. Isn't that kind of scary? Isn't it a little bit scary? They, they, they take the reality they're given without question. That's the scary part, isn't it? And they're bioengineering us too. I mean, there's so many people being doused with xenoestrogens in their food and their water and everything else over the years and all the GM stuff that's also doused with it. You've got guys with hips now. And lots of sexual problems. And we think that's normal as well. Because you're adapting to it. And no one's saying it's abnormal. So it must be normal, right? That's how you reason. (laughs) Uh, And that's what you call the world, eh? Reality. And Big Pharma's right into it, naturally. You understand, from the ancient times of Egypt onwards, with the money system, the same boys who ran the money system ran the governments to borrow the money. And they ran even ancient pharmacology, ancient pharma, and the drug system, and prostitution. Isn't it even in ancient Egypt? It's never changed. Back with more after this. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt. We're back cutting through the Matrix and... Explain how reality really works. The one that you take for granted. You take it for granted because everyone else around you takes it for granted. And you can actually chat and have conversations about the little tidbits of information that are fed out to you by the bucketful every day, you see, from trivia to whatever. And you all think you're sane because you can bounce ideas back and forth from each other and they'll understand what you're talking about and they'll agree with you too. Because we're all given our opinions, you see. It's generally a standard opinion. And, as I say, from the ancient times, the same characters were involved in this ancient science, money, and, and governments. Because the first thing you've got to do is make sure you put your own government in to borrow from you, you see. And that's what the Royal Institute of International Affairs did a long time ago, when they called themselves the Milner Group and the Cecil Rhodes Foundation merged together to, to, 
to create the Royal Institute for International Affairs and the Council on Foreign Relations that now runs every country, every country, every government across the planet. You see? They say they don't play politics in their books. They don't because they make the agenda. They put the politicians in and that's just a punch and judy show for you to believe in. You see? Because you've got the optimism part of the brain again. <laughs> that they're trying to really encourage to grow. Remember all the songs that are out, you know? Just be happy. Be happy. Just do it. Be happy. You see? You understand what Aldous Huxley said? He says, the people eventually, through Big Pharma and everything else, could be made to be happy under circumstances which they oughtn't to be happy at all. They ought not to be happy. And it's here. It's, it's here, folks, you know. There's never been such a massive gap between the ultra-rich and all the rest as the middle class gets demolished because, you see, the middle class served their purpose. You don't have industry and everything anymore, you see. They don't need the middle classes. And the middle classes, although they're always faithful to the ones above them, because the middle classes really envied the ones above them, that's how society works, you see. And pretended they were like them by buying expensive suits and all the rest of it and getting into debt trying to pretend they're really rich. That's how silly society is. But the, but the middle class also had a better education. Sometimes they could figure some things out and be a little problem to their bosses once in a while. Some of them could. So you eliminate them now, you see. It's a global society, global a global world. And they'll all get the same standard opinions across the world because there's only about two news agencies now putting out the main news. Everyone else follows it. Uh, there's an article here about pharma, talking about ancient Egypt and so on, because they went into that too. The pharma company admits to $2 million in bribes to government and health officials. That's petty, petty stuff. Today, $2 million's nothing. Monsanto, you know, when Monsanto was bringing GM crops and things into Canada, they actually had an inquiry in Canada about it, because some of the the, the bureaucrats, the high-level bureaucrats, came forward and said that they're they're putting bribes and trying to get bribes. Everything works that way at the top, in the top down. You see, and that's why politicians are, are selected to be politicians. They'll, they'll obey their masters, the guys who put them in. That's not the public. You see, and and they've sworn to uphold the same system. You see, sworn to it. But uh, but they're also bribable and blackmailable. Too. I mean, the biggest news in Canada today is a 69-year-old senator whose 23-year-old wife got really angry on an aircraft on an air flight, and she had to get arrested. That's the biggest news in Canada. Can you believe it? This is what they give you for news. And big things are happening, like merging the continent and stuff. And wars all over the place we're paying for. Well, that's a short hour indeed, eh? But from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.